Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur Master Series. I am the real Jason Duncan coming to you live right here in the Nashville, Tennessee area on this beautiful August day. So I'm glad that you're taking some time today on this Monday afternoon to spend spend some of your valuable time learning this very important lesson about how to forex your business valuation in under one year. We're going to get talking about that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about what this Entrepreneur Master Series live webinar thing is that you're at, why you're here, what, what it is. This is, uh, I call this EMS for Entrepreneur Master Series, and I'm a business coach and I work with entrepreneurs exclusively. And specifically, I work with them on how to exit their business without exiting and how to live something I call the exit lifestyle. So today's topic is probably more dovetailed specifically into what I do on a regular basis than any of the other topics we've ever had on this webinar. And you're going to really like our guest today. But this, this EMS webinar, I do these twice a month live, and then they are released uh, on my podcast, The Root of All Success. If you haven't checked that out, go to therootofallsuccess.com. They're also on my YouTube channel. You can just look up The Real Jason Duncan on YouTube. You can find all the past episodes of this. And it goes out to my newsletter list. Uh, and we send this a replay out to everybody in our newsletter list. So it's a quite a good audience of people who get to see these. And these are done specifically to bring high value content that's practical and tactical for today's successful entrepreneurs. And so, like I said, I do this twice a month. We talk about entrepreneurship, leadership, sales, financial literacy. Today, of course, is a, a little bit of all of those things. And it's going to be a masterclass on topics that are specifically related on how to grow and build a successful entrepreneurial company. And each of these episodes is conducted on Zoom right here, and it's released in all those ways I talked about earlier. So let me introduce our topic for today. So the topic for today is the secret to 4X your business valuation in under one year. And so have you ever dreamed of the day when you no longer just talk about selling, but you're actually ready to execute that plan and live the life you've always wanted? Well, if you're a follower of mine on any social media platform at The Real Jason Duncan, you know that's what I talk about all the time. Well, our guest expert today, Damon Pastolka, helps business owners identify and execute opportunities, opportunities to increase their revenue, increase their profitability, and increase the value so that then when you're ready to sell, when his clients are ready to sell, the business is oriented for success, as is the person selling the business. And you can see your business actually increase in value if you follow these things that Damon talks about. Let me tell you a little bit about him before he comes into the room live with us. 
He uh, he grew up in a large Midwest, Midwestern family farm. He worked his way through college, earning a mechanical engineering degree. And then after college, he worked in a technical and managerial roles, including designing, building, and even operating facilities. He went on to manage businesses and design and production of retail store fixtures, custom fabricated metal products, advanced aerospace components, and high-tech devices. Ultimately, Damon developed his skills as a business operations and value improvement specialist. With tw over 20 years of building and managing businesses in extreme conditions and diverse industries, his drive to help clients reach their goals and help them crush their competitors is very valuable to people like you and me. He continues his work today as managing director of a company called Exit Your Way, which helps their clients scout the path and keep them on track when they're working towards their ability to exit their business. So he's helped businesses in manufacturing, e-commerce, construction, healthcare, and other industries to achieve their business goals and successfully exit their companies. He has a uh, podcast live stream that he does on his own, which I'm going to let him talk about when he comes on live. I'm actually going to be a guest on that tomorrow. So it's kind of exciting that we met. And I think, I think, and Damon will have to correct me when he comes on live. I think the way we met as I was speaking at a TED event and somebody who was a participant came up to me to talk to me. And then I think that's how, I think that's how we knew, got to know one another. So would you please help me welcome Damon Pastolka? to EMS today. Go ahead, Damon, turn on that camera and let's see your pretty face all the way from the state of Washington. <laughs> that is probably two words have not been uttered about me in a long time. Pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for thanks for having me here, Jason. I appreciate uh, you having me on, allowing, uh, allowing me to share some hopefully useful information with your guests. And uh, yeah, just happy to be here, man. Well, I'm glad you're here. So so what we're going to be talking about, the topic is how to forex your business valuation in under one year. So we're going to get right into that here in just a second. But I want to let all the, the people that are participating live let you know that there is a Q&A bubble at the bottom of your, your screen. If you click on that Q&A bubble, it'll open up a window and there's where you can ask questions. Now, I know we're all really familiar with using the chat features in Zoom. We chat back and forth and that's fine. You can chat in there, but don't ask questions in there because we're not monitoring that as closely as we're monitoring the Q&A. So go to the Q&A, click on that because at some point during this session today, I know you're going to want to ask a question and she will type it in there. My assistant, Megan, is here. She's helping monitor that. Damon and I are going to be monitoring that. We'll answer your questions live. And then if you're watching this on the replay, of course, you're not getting asked the questions live, but you can always join up with us at the next EMS and ask questions live of the next person. And when we finish today, at the very end, I'll talk about who's going to be our guest on the next session of the Entrepreneur Master Series. So, so Damon, so... Uh, so I gave your your intro there, a little bit of your background. How did you go from business, you know, managing facilities to helping people sell their businesses? Let's start there. Yeah. Well, actually, I was doing it for the investment owners that I was running their businesses. And, you know, after going through a few times of acquiring businesses, growing them, selling them, I, I was actually after the first one, it was my mid 30s. I was like, man, I want to do this for people. I want to do this for other business owners because I was used to running, you know, family owned businesses and operating facilities for them. And when I moved into the equity or investor owned 
and learned how they run businesses differently when you when you really you look at it as an asset rather than a thing that funds our lifestyle and i'm trying to trying to paraphrase it but when i moved into that it's a completely different way to look at your business it's it's a wealth generating machine it's not it's an asset it's like a stock market portfolio my stock market you can go on the, the stock market today and you go oh my portfolio is worth 50 bucks how much is it worth at the end of the day tomorrow it's worth 65 oh it's a great day well that's how investment owners look at businesses i was it was a foreign concept to me because when i started working for the people they said yes we bought the business for this much we're going to grow it to this much and then we're going to sell it and we wrote it through through some up and down times, but that's eventually what we did. And as we were going along the way, I learned a lot of things. And um, when we sold the business, I had I was privy to the sale. I knew what was going on. I was able to help do that, talk to the owners, work with the investment bankers doing it. And I was like, man, I really like this, and I want to do it for people. And uh, it took me, you know, fifteen plus years to get to the point to where I had the people I knew and the experience that I wanted to, I went on and did turnarounds and, and other, uh, ran other investor owned companies for, for a while until I finally did it. But that's how I got my start. As, after the first few of those, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So we got people here that are really interested in uh, increasing the valuation of their business, probably for different reasons. Some people are looking to sell and they're trying to figure out how do I squeeze a few extra hundred thousand or even a million dollars or more out of yeah. the business valuation. So what makes you qualified to tell people how to do that? What is the specialty that Exit Your Way has that you can say to somebody, if you do these things, you will increase the value? Well, let's, let's back up. First of all, value, value is at the end of the day, a number, and it's based on your profitability up first, first. Um, but we're uniquely qualified to do this because we not only know how to show your value as of the financial statements yesterday, but we show you what systems you can use and the ways that you can project what my value is tomorrow, not only project that, but also prove it before you get there. And, and when you do those kind of things, the value you can get at exit is much higher than the value my financial statements say today. And it's the same thing that we had to do in investor-owned companies or if like today in a, in a private or a public company, right? They come out with their guidance for the next quarter. How much more valuable is a stock when they can go quarter after quarter after quarter of saying our earnings per share is going to be a dollar and it hits a dollar, it hits a dollar five, it hits a dollar two, but it never goes under where they're at. That's a lot more valuable than a stock where they come out and say, it's going to be a dollar and all oh, we miss and it's 75 or next time it's a dollar 50 and then it's 60 or whatever, you know, this consistently consistency that you can drive by the right systems in your business and then executing the right things will allow you to prove that you're going to go where you say you're going to go before you get there. Now, I like what you said earlier. You said that business is a wealth generating machine. What do you mean by that? Well, we go into business because we're good at something and we probably, we usually go into it for two reasons. One, we want more freedom and we think we can make more money. And 
the thing that happens, and this is what you help people with, is it's usually the opposite. You work twice as hard and make you don't make as much as you could if you just went out and worked a W-2 job, right? Yeah. That's what happens. But we go into it because we want freedom and 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 we want to make more money. Well, to do that, you got to quit looking at it like a W-2 job, right? You got to look and say, am I building wealth with this business? Not replacing an income, right? Because replacing an income is a must-have. You got to get there. You got to work your business to get there. Then you got to go, how am I generating wealth with this business? Generating wealth means two things. Am I taking money out of my business and it's, I'm investing at someplace else? And am I building wealth within my business? Because I think when we talk to owners, we say you got to be doing a mixture of both because you never know what can happen in your industry tomorrow. But that's what we talk about when we talk about that. And when you say generating wealth, it's it comes back again to something that I learned in, in the investor-owned businesses. What's your number? What's and, and I don't mean business number. I mean personal number. What's your personal net worth number you're going for to just say, uh, not, not F everyone money, but <laughs> I can do what I want money, right? I don't have to worry about money anymore in my life. For some people, that's a few million dollars. For some people... Believe it or not, it's 15, 20, 50, $100 million or more, but know your number. And that takes work with a financial planner to go, okay, this is the lifestyle I want to lead. This is the philanthropic things I want to do. Get back to that number because then we start, we start looking at generating wealth. I'm, I'm bridging the gap. My net wealth is, is, you know, say it's a million dollars today, but I need five. How are we getting there? And that's why I say when you, your business is that wealth generating machine, right? It, it is. You, you, you have to get that thing to generate beyond your, your daily needs and, you know, take that extra money, make it extra money and put it into reinvestment in your business or into something outside of your business. That's going to increase the, increase your, increase your wealth. Because yeah. that's how you generate wealth with your business. You don't, it's, it's, it's not pulling more money out and putting it into boats and other <laughs> stuff all the time. You know? Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't think, I don't think enough, enough entrepreneurs think about it that way as that, that business is a wealth, gener a wealth generation machine because they look at it as just a better job. You know, yep. we build a better job for ourselves yep. and we're not building a better life and building a better life is so much more fun because if you build your business the right way, it doesn't need you to operate it. And not only that, it's going to make your business worth a lot more money. So, yeah. so before we get into the details of forexing your business valuation under a year, what generally speak, although you may have some very specific numbers, generally speaking though, if, if I'm going to sell my business and I am the CEO, I'm the chief salesperson, I'm the chief operator, I'm doing everything versus I want to sell my business and I'm just a kind of a the chairman of the board, so to speak. I'm, I'm involved very loosely, but I'm, I'm still yeah. in control. And, and both companies do the same amount of revenue and have the same profitability. Which company sells for more money, generally speaking? Well, okay. So let's let's step back one step further. If you're involved in your business on a day-to-day -day basis, it's almost binary. It's like no, no offer. Wow. Because 
And especially, especially if you get to the point to where you have more than $1 million in profit, because you've just moved yourself out of most individual buyers uh, realm of, hey, I'm, I'm a great HVAC and I want to buy your company um, and you're intimately involved or even worse, if I got a law firm, I got a CPA firm and my name's on the door. Oh man, those things, it's just almost binary. It's very, very hard to sell them for the money they're worth. Now, people as a rule, and I haven't seen this published lately. It was a few years ago. I saw somebody, I believe it was from Meridian Capital here in Seattle. I think Brian there wrote something that talked about a 50% reduction 30 to 50 percent reduction in in the price based on ownership involvement 30 to 50 percent reduction yeah. and when it gets when in certain size size ranges you're you're just not going to sell it i'm writing that down <laughs> yeah oh yeah is... it's significant it's significant right because that's part of this overall 4x is doing exactly what you're telling your clients is you got to get to the point to where that business runs without you or or with the right amount of involvement for you depending on the size that's crazy that is i, I knew it was i knew there was a number I had no idea it was that much. And I like the fact that you said it's almost binary, like it either you either will sell it or you won't, because if if I'm a if I'm the if I'm a tempting or an aspiring entrepreneur business owner and I want to buy a business where the owner is working in it all the time, like I might be able to do it. But if I'm if my profit's a million dollars, I don't have the cash to buy that. I don't have the cash to go buy that. So then I'm having to buy a low performing business and requires me to work in it. So not really interested in doing that. So yeah, wow, that's, uh, I hope everybody's paying attention. And that's why I do what I do as a business coach, because I think there's times when you want to sell, that's what Damon does. But there are other times that you need to just plan it to just get yourself out of the way. And that's what I do. So I, yeah. so I didn't know that I'm increasing business valuations by 30 to 50% just by <laughs> working with yes. my clients. That's pretty good. Yes. Well, and, and you know, Truth be told, every one of us will exit our business sometime. It's how you're going to do it, right? You know, you're going to, it's, they always say it's death, disillusion, divorce, or, you know, sailors. There's like four or five things my business partner says a lot better than that, more eloquently than I do. But, you know, everybody's going to leave at, at some point. Yep. Um, how you do and how much time you take preparing will affect what you actually do your success significantly because most people don't realize too that only about 25 percent of businesses that get put on the market get sold and and when you back it up why don't they get sold the number one reason is the buyer and seller can't agree upon price and terms okay so you come back to, to what you're teaching people is create a business that's valuable independent of the owner so i'm going to take that risk away from a potential buyer now if we start to talk start to talk about value and we understand the drivers of value in a business we can not only make it good from the standpoint of i'm i'm not involved it's more valuable because of that secondly i know that i'm working on the right things to a, establish a higher value today and a higher future value with what I'm doing.
And that's where I think owners really need to take heart the fact that this preparation to be able to do whatever you want, your kids taking it over. I mean, because listen, you may want to succeed at your kids. They may want to do it. But if your business is not, if, if you're not ready for that, they're not ready for that. And you're not selling that business to them in some way, shape or form. You are missing out on a couple things. And then, and cause I had someone tell me this a while ago, I'm succeeding my business. I don't need to worry about selling it. Well, then I talked to Mark Kramer a few weeks ago. He, he's out of New York. This guy's got more experience helping family businesses succeed to the next generation than anybody I've talked to. And he said one thing that was so relevant for people succeeding in business. He said, I don't care what you're doing, succeeding a business to the next generation, sell the business for the amount of money that the business will support in a loan, right? It's because it will help your children, kids, whoever's taking that business owner, operate that business like they should with debt, with things. Otherwise, I get a free ride. They are just on a completely different playing field, right? And they can do some really bad things really fast that will hurt that business. Put them through that learning actual operating a business type of type of experience and he said and the second thing is even if you don't need the money you don't know that that business won't need that money in the future industry change economic change something else and if you go into it without selling that business using other people's money as we like to do in business using other people's money letting them pay that down over time but i get that chunk of money out in that loan the founders do or the the gen previous generation that money can go off into a another kind of investment that they can use for whatever just in case he said take it just it's just in case money and he said if it, if you don't need it 10 years down the road donate it to charity if you don't want to do something with it but he said do that because the lessons you will help the next generation with and the backstop that you create by doing that is invaluable. And I thought that was one of the most um, relevant pieces of information I've heard about succeeding in businesses in a long, long time. Wow. So what does, uh, you, 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 said, you said something very interesting on a statistic. You said a certain percentage of businesses for sale actually get sold. What was that number? 25%. So you're saying only 25% of businesses 75% fail. 75% yeah, so fail. So actually it's higher than that at the lower end and lower than that at the uh, the higher end of values. Um it, it's it's very dismal. And that's mainly because in your experience we got too many owners that are directly involved therefore the seller can't see value in paying what the or the buyer can't see va value in paying what the seller is wanting yeah 
That's exactly. So I've, I've attempted in the last in the last eighteen months to buy two motorcycle dealerships because yeah. I thought that would be a good idea, and maybe God was looking out for me because neither deal <laughs> neither deal yeah. happened. But the first one, the first one I attempted to buy was exactly that issue. Is it, it was the owner and his wife were directly involved, had been running the dealership for yeah. twenty years. And, and they weren't making any money. They owned the building and that's where they were making the money. They were paying themselves a big rent payment, yeah. which I wasn't going to own the building. I was just yeah. buying the business. I would have to pay the lease. So I was thinking there's no money in this thing. So I offered him what I thought would be a, you know, a fair deal. The deal fell apart. Then I went to go buy another one. Again, family's very involved. They were more reasonable on their pricing, but ultimately the deal fell through for, for other reasons. But 25% of businesses for sale actually get sold. That's a uh, that's an alarming statistic. And one of the things I think that might contribute to that is the fact that so many business brokers, present company, uh, with stand, you know, present company, not included suck. So many business brokers out there yeah. are just absolutely terrible. They just list it like they're listing a house for sale and say, good luck, you know, hope, 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 you know, hope it sells. Hope they, hope you hope, hope they like it. So, um, what makes, uh, well, yeah, what they play the average. They play the average, right? At the lower end of the market, sub sub million, sub two million dollar businesses. There's a lot of play people that play the averages. They know if I list, if I want to make X amount of money a year, I got to sell so many businesses that are in this price range. So that means I got to list this many to sell this many. And that, I mean, I think you can read all the all the crap from what business brokers are right about how to select a business broker by industry experience and all this other. But let's be honest, does that broker have 100 businesses listed or does it have five businesses listed? Because I'll bet on somebody that has to make, that has to be successful with me as a client to make the money they want, rather than somebody that just knows you're one of many and somebody will make me successful out of the group. Yeah. I think that's a really good take home point for the for the entrepreneurs that are watching this podcast or this uh, webinar is that we we need to if we get to the point where we want to engage a broker, either either as a buyer or a seller, we need to be very, pay very close attention to how many listings they have, because the more they have, it is in my experience as a buyer end of this side of thing is that they are probably less likely to be very helpful <laughs> in selling the business because they're playing the averages. Or understand the value in the business, right? Because yeah. th this is this is where you, as the business owner, and we'll talk about this in a minute. You need to really so the the place that you talked about the husband and wife that run in the motorcycle dealership. If they would have known how the value drivers of their business, not because it was valuable for them to build buy property, but because it was valuable to somebody outside. That's your only measure. Valuable to you is awesome, but it does not mean I'm creating a valuable business to the outside world. And you can, there's, there's billions probably of businesses over time in, in the United States alone that have created wealthy owners because they're make enough money to pay for property. That's, that's such a, such a common thing where you see that I'm, I'm running this whatever, automotive shop, manufacturing shop, whatever. And I built, I, I ran my business, marginal money, made marginal money for 20 years, made enough to pay my salary and, and buy the property. Well, I sell the property for $10 million at the end of the time I'm done 
working, business doesn't matter anymore. It's inconsequential what I do. Yeah. Those, but if those people would have done it to the point to where they said, listen, yeah, it's cool that we're doing, that we're paying for the property and that's one piece of this. But if we want this, this dealership to continue on, it has to stand on its own and have a value of its own. That's right. So let's get into the idea and the concept of valuation to begin with. So you already said that the, the number one thing that, that goes into the valuation of a business is, is the profitability of the company. Yeah. So if yeah. we're going to increase the valuation, we need to understand how the valuation, first of all, is determined. And I know so many of my clients ask me this question, and I've got people that ask all the time, how do you determine the valuation of a business? So can we kind of talk about what yeah. valuation means just in general before we dive into the details? Yep. So on the backside of valuation, there are private databases of transactions, business sales, right? And from these, knowing the industry, the size of the deal and benchmarks. I mean, we have benchmarks to say, what was the gross margin? What was the net income? Those kind of things for these businesses and these transactions. And it's, it's the, the brokers and investment bankers share those. The banks use them. Uh, because the banks use them to determine loan value, that the, 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 what they can do. So this is an, an inside industry kind of thing that's there. Now, from that, they develop multiples, multiples of revenue, multiples of cash flow, multiples of EBITDA, whatever is relevant for the size of business or in the type of business you're in. And it's by industry. So that's what really starts the valuation. It's start. It's a baseline valuation. If I have a million dollars of profit in manufacturing, it might be 6X. If I have a million dollars of profit in an HVAC business, it might be 4X. And don't quote me on those because it all starts from the data behind it. And I don't know what that is. That's, that's my partner's skill set. But that data is not just somebody pulling a number out of their, you know, out of their butt. It's just that it, it is, you can go to the bank, they're going to tell you what it is. You can go, there's a million, there's a million different people that are using this data, few sources, right? Um, so it's profitability, it's, it's industry. And then it, and then it looks at how do you compare, compared to others? Because there's always pluses and minuses. And this is where valuations get really interesting because I can go Right now, we could get on one of these free valuation websites, and I could say, "What kind of business do I have?" Okay, I've got a, I've got an HVAC business. Oh, how much is your top line revenue, and what's your profitability? And it spits out your your value, right? Well, I always tell people that's like getting the value of your 2019 F150 Blue Book. I'm just going to get it, but I don't know the options. That's what it's like. Do you do you have the big motor? Do you have the little motor? Do you have the, the you know how loaded is it? How many miles? All that kind of stuff. That's what you get with the online one that you can get for free. And when you start to look into it, and this is where you really look at how do I drive this four x value in a year? How do I really accelerate the value in a in a in a very short amount of time? It becomes in not just the profit today but where are we going and how fast are we going there and, and, and proving that because 
when you look against industry benchmarks, if we've figured out some way to go much more profitably in our in our industry, that will help to move the move the chain up or move the value up. If if we've innovative we've innovated something in some way that has drastically changed our position and the way that we're in. Or if you look at like uh, Airbnb, VRBO, those people, when they're utilized or Lyft or Uber, man, they took an underutilized resource and turned monetize it. Holy heck. That's why those companies get that kind of valuation because they've figured out how to create value where there wasn't value before. And these are the kind of things that you really look at. And, and one thing that you should never, ever forget is your team the team of people you have you can feel it walking into a business you know it if your team is one that is able to innovate and really solve problems solve industry problems that make your company more competitive and and just staying ahead of everyone else that's valuable and when you talk about the business brokers that don't get the businesses sold or the business values that aren't where they need to be, those are the key things that you look at. Yes, profitability is baseline. How fast am I growing? What's my team like? What, how are we different in the industry than others? And then it comes down again to people always say, the brokerage people talk about repeatability in, in uh, revenue. That's kind of nice, but if you're killing it in the industry, they aren't going to ask about that. It, 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 yeah, they might ask about it, but it's not going to be a key factor. I mean, when you really build the right teams and they're doing the right things, people are forward-looking. Because when you look at unicorns, right? Again, the Airbnb, VRBO, when they came out, they weren't being valued on profitability. They were being valued on what are they doing in, in the industry. They were upending an industry. Just upending the industry. And they were doing, they had good scalable systems. They had decent teams inside of them. You know, I know the whole Uber thing that the top guy or whatever had questionable junk going on. But but you know, these these companies underlying had good solid good solid people, good solid things. And they were innovating. They, they were taking that and, and they were accelerating their sales and profitability quickly. Because when you start to do that, you drive values beyond the common multiple for your business. And to forex a business in normal terms, if I'm just sitting here, I have to grow my profitability forex right? If I keep my same multiple. But in reality, there's a couple things that happen. Even if I don't say I'm not that innovative, say, say I'm just growing in my industry, there's a valuation curve. And, and what I'm talking about valuation curve is that your multiple as a dollar of profit. If I'm a small business in manufacturing or, or whatever it is, e-commerce or something, e-commerce, know e-commerce pretty well. If I'm a small uh, e-commerce business and say I'm I'm doing five million in revenue and I'm making five hundred thousand and or whatever the profitability numbers, I might be valued at four x that EBITDA number. If I'm a fifty million dollar company and making whatever million dollars at that, 
I'm going to probably be valued at seven, eight, nine X that profitability number because there's less risk in a bigger business. Why this is really relevant for somebody that's got a smaller business, a sub, sub $10 million business is just by going from say 2 million to 4 million in revenue or even 2 million to 3 million, I might jump an entire multiple in profitability on my value. So you get this double bonanza of, of as my business gets bigger, I get more value per dollar of profit and I'm growing my business. So I have more dollars of profit. When you start to look at how I 4X this, I, I combine the, the three things. I go, I'm going to accelerate my sales because that grows profit naturally. I don't even have to change my profitability. And I'm then I'm going to, and then because I'm accelerating my sales, I can take a jump in my value per prop for, per dollar profit because of the valuation curve. But then when I start to innovate and I start to do things that others can't, that adds a bit more on top of the profitability because I'm I'm creating a defendable market position that others, it makes it harder for others to recreate. I'm writing that down. So innovation is to create a defendable market position, which keeps duplication from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because and you, it, go you, ahead, said, you said, well, you said the first thing was accelerate sales, which grows profit, which helps in the valuation curve. And you got innovation yeah. to create a different defendable market position. And what you said, there were three things. What's the third one? With the valuation curve will help you there. Okay. So and, the and there's actually, there's actually four because I forgot the last and, and one of the most important, if you're going to be selling into an investment owned, or you really want to maximize, and that is operating with projections and hitting them, measuring performance, documenting that I'm hitting. If, if, if I am going to be, you want to create a machine to generate wealth. And this is learned this the hard way in, in investor owned companies. And it's go, go work in a public company. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> if, if you need to, if you need to have a million dollars in top line revenue and make a hundred thousand dollars every month in some companies, they know what that is on a daily basis. That means that I've got to go you know, $30,000 a month and I need to make $3,000 a day or whatever the heck that is. But measuring that frequently enough so your team is not only engaged in innovating services and products and all the other stuff, but they're focused on making sure we're meeting our goals. Because I lay that track record down of hitting those goals for about six months. And then I begin to value my business on future value. So let me, I, ask you, let me ask you a question about that particular point, because that's really yeah. interesting. So, so I, what you're saying is if you operate, start, begin, operate your business with projections, and then of course hit those projections, is there an, is there an agreed upon industry standard way to record the projections so that you're not just <laughs> making the to-do list after you did it? You know what I mean? <laughs> you didn't, oh yeah. You didn't yeah. do something, then write it down that you need to do it yeah. and you immediately check it off. I'll step back a bit. 
in investor-owned companies, you usually are laying out a, uh, an annual budget with monthly numbers showing, you know, gross and net margin, at least revenue, gross and net margin, um, or net income, gross margin, net income. You need to do that in your business. You need to do that. And then for your, for your executive or your management team, break it down to weekly. Because you need to know at least on a weekly basis, are we doing what we need to do? Did we make the, did we sell what we should have? Did we make the gross margin like we needed to on that? You know, fixed expenses below the line, you should be able to manage those on a monthly basis. But that, that revenue and gross margin on a weekly basis, I can't tell you how much you can drive value just by getting your team engaged and working together to make sure that we're doing that. Your salespeople, your operational people, your customer service, your finance people, and, and doing that to make sure that you're doing, because it all starts, right? If I'm going to lay out, this is what Forex looks like to us in one year. We have to, if we, if we just say, hey, we want a Forex in one year, you're never getting there. If you say we're going to 4X in one year, and this is clear, starting out with a clear vision, we're going to 4X in one year. Now, we're going to increase because I'm going to increase my profit by 75%. I'm going to then increase my value on the value curve by 3X or whatever we can get out of it. We're currently at 2X. We're going to be in 5X or something like that by the end of the year. And we're going to innovate and have proven that in the next year, we're going to double that. So I'm going to get a bigger bump in it like that. It comes from those places, but it starts with that clear vision. We're at 5 million today. Next year, we're going to be at 10. And this is how we're going to get there. Then you measure your progress. So if we're, if we're talking about a business that, let's say a business is doing a uh, million dollars in bottom line profitability on a given mm -hmm. year, um, I guess, I guess, regardless of top line because top line has in most business industries has very little to do with valuation yeah yeah top line, top, you have to so in so many businesses tout their top line as hey we're a 20 million dollar company yeah but how much money did you make that that's really yep. the bottom line is what we're really concerned about so let's assume for a minute a business of the january one has a has has been historically pulling out a million dollars in bottom line profitability and they say i want to sell it by next january so i want to 4x that so if they i'm trying to run through the numbers in my head here so if they are operating at five multiple for whatever reason right so they, yep. they make a million they're operating at a five multiple on the open market that would mean that company would be worth five million dollars that's how that mm -hmm. works right so if we're going to 4x that we got to get that to 20 million $20 million. Correct. Yep. So, so in order to get to 20 million, you either need to raise the multiple or raise the profitability, that million dollars. So the multiple needs to go up to 20, <laughs> which is not likely to happen. Nope. Or you increase the profitability, which yep. would also increase the, the valuation curve. So your multiple yep. would have to go to, I don't know what that number is. Let's say they so, doubled their profit and then their multiple would be 10. That'd get them to 20, right? Yeah, but what's going to happen is going to be a combination of three things. You're going to grow your business and you're going to innovate, right? So, so in that year, I can double my profit. I'm going to get it to $2 million. Then I'm going to, because I'm at $2 million and I'm, I'm actually not double revenue, 
because I've, I've gained some efficiencies. I've worked on other things to innovate. I'm more profitable. So now I've not, I've gone from 5X on $1 million to say 8X on $2 million. Well, I'm at $16 million. Now I'm at $16 million value. So I got to write it down so I remember here. Now I'm looking to get four more million dollars in value. Well, I'm sitting here today, six months, showing them for the last six months, we've grown at a rate of 100% because I went from 100 to 200 or 1 million to 2 million in profitability. And I am projecting with my budget that I am going to grow that same 100% for the next year. And I've got six months of history saying that we've done it. And I can tell you in detail how we're going to do it for the next year. What I'm going to do then is I'm going to say, because of that, we are, and the fact that we're innovating, you don't want to forget to talk about the innovation. We're going to get about a 30% multiple increase in this in value. We're going to get a 30% increase in value. Then I'm past my $20 million that I want. Hmm. there you go and that's where these things all combine together because i mean investors aren't stupid they can they can see these teams innovating solving problems and and a lot of investment banking firms will kind of pass by that because they're financial based i mean most investment bankers got their their cfo types got that kind of thing when you look at investment bankers that are really value focused uh sales or or more business operators they are going to be able to articulate that make sure your people articulate that because if you're if you've done something that's radically changed your position in the market and your ability to scale and your efficiency because i think you can get the trifecta if you really work at them you you've created something that's like we talked about a long time ago, much harder to recreate by your competitors and will sustain you far longer in the, in the market. And then I'm, and it's as simple as, hey, we've proven it. You can wait longer, you can pay more, or you can pay us now and we'll get out. And we had that very thing happen to a company this spring. Hmm. So 100% growth year over year. Um, and they waited and they got to pay another million dollars for it. Like, okay. <laughs> and, and really it's not a bad thing, even for the buyer, because they're buying a much more valuable business. I mean, it, it's more oh, money yeah. out of their pocket, but they're buying a more valuable business because now it's been proven. So I want to remind everybody who's here live. If you have a question, go to your Q and a bubble at the bottom of the screen, type in your question. Let's see if you've got something you can ask Damon about how to exit, how to increase that value. But I want to I want to review what he said, these four things. So you can accelerate your sales, which will in turn yep. grow your profit. You don't have to change your profit margins. Uh, you can innovate to create a different, a defendable market position. You can number three, you've got the bonus of that valuation curve because as you grow, your valuation curve goes up. Yep. And then fourth, if you can operate with projections and hit them, you're going to increase the value. So we just ran through that example of a, a company worth uh, 5 million that went to 20 million just by doing what we talked about, creating efficiencies, increasing bottom line, not necessarily increasing the top line. 
And, uh, and, and, and I think that the other thing that you didn't mention goes back to something we talked about earlier. If, if there's a 30 to 50% reduction in the value when the owner is directly involved, one of the things you could do is figure out during that year, how to get yourself uninvolved from the business. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't cover that. Most of the companies that we're, that's one of the first things we're doing with them, obviously is taking, not obviously, but is, is getting that owner to the, to the true, it depends on the size. They at least have to be in a true CEO role at the very least, but it's even better as they get bigger and, and almost necessary um, as you get larger to be at, at a, like a board director kind of role. That's, and, and the way I like to say it is if, is if I am under about 2 million in EBITDA, you should really be a CEO role, but you need to have a, a internal management team that can execute the vision you've laid out. And then when you get above about 5 million in EBITDA, you need to have the owner needs to be outside of the team that can develop and execute a five-year strategy to grow the company. Hmm. That's interesting. So you've mentioned EBITDA several times, and I know some of us know what that means, but what does EBITDA mean and stand for? It is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So basically, they're trying to recreate, it's, it's a number to, to recreate the true cash flow of a business. Uh, and um, in a smaller business, you'll see, they might say just cash flow. Um, a seller's discretionary earnings, I think they say SDEs, you'll see that. Um, it's not the same as EBITDA because EBITDA does include all operating people's salary. SDE usually doesn't include the owners or does not, is including what the owner can take in salary as an SDE. EBITDA, that's before you see an EBITDA number. That has, that seller, that owners or officers uh, wages are included in the financials before EBITDA is calculated. Okay. So, so what else do we need to pay attention to? If we're looking at increasing the value of our business, we've talked about those four things you mentioned. We also talked about the fact that the owner needs to get himself out of the business. And I think it was interesting, the point you were making, if you're under 5 million in EBITDA, you know, you need to be at least, at the very least, a true CEO, not involved in daily operations. You got a team mm -hmm. that does all that. But if you're over five million in EBITDA, you need to be just a board member with your team that does the five-year vision casting and projections and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was interesting. Are there any other kind of tips and tricks about the selling or the exiting of a business that would be interesting for us to talk about? Well, you know, it's it it's the business systems and cultures you instill in your business will largely dictate the success in the in the value of your company and you know we talk about squat look you know you look at eos you look at some of these other business operating systems you talk about um those are really valuable to be able to do the things that you need to do. And, and as you're talking, exiting without exiting, you need to have a way to run your business without you being there. Those systems allow you to do that. They allow you to scale. Um, that, that is one of the, one of the key things because you can't, you can't scale a business by tribal knowledge. You can make, you can have a big business by tribal knowledge, but you can't scale as fast. What do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by that knowledge? What are you talking about? Everything from 
hey, how do we do it? What's it look like? I mean, when you when you talk about uh, business operating systems, you talk on the backside, you go, okay, are financials working? Do we measure our KPIs on a weekly basis? If we do, how do we do it? Do, does everyone understand what success looks like for them? And are they tied to a, to a number? Have we communicated the vision with everybody in the business? Uh, does everyone in the business know their job and what they really need to do to make us successful? Uh, those kind of things allow you to scale. I know it's boring as hell writing job descriptions, and I don't really, I'm not a big fan of job descriptions, but listen, if I'm coming into your business and you don't tell me exactly what I need to do, A, and what I need to do, and then to the level that how I need to make, how someone should feel when they interact with me, if they're customer facing, and why we do the things the way we do, it, it, you're, you're missing the point. Because you have to be able to add employees and people to help build this. You win with a team. And you can't add team members if you are telling them every, every step of the way, every day, what they have to do. So training and, and the culture piece of it is, is really, you won't innovate if you don't, if you don't develop the right culture. You know, yep. you, you just won't, you won't do what you need to do. So those kind of things are, are really key in the outside of it. Cause get the right team, get the right players. They'll innovate far beyond what you ever thought of. If you lay out what success looks like, they'll go three times past it. If they get going, Yeah, and if you just and keep helping. I, I, and I tell you, I tell you, I talk about that Damon all the time with my clients as part of the, as part of what I teach in my group coaching sessions about culture, about how that you have to invest in people and you've got to pay attention to culture like a madman because that culture, yeah. that culture is what's going to keep that company going long-term after you step away from day-to-day -day operations. And if you want that culture to provide life and viability and, and thriving, those are the things you have to pay attention to. So that's why I'm glad, I'm really glad to hear you say that. Tell, tell everybody well, what Exit Your Way does. I, I will just one thing when, when an experienced uh, business valuation person person looks at your company and does a, does an extensive business valuation, they will measure your culture. There are ways that they put that into a, there, there's like, I forget it's hundred questions or something like that. They ask about your team. They ask about your systems. They ask about how you're set up. Um, and, and a lot of things to, to, to really assess your, your team, your culture and your capital, because that's so important. And it's another one of those factors. Like I said, with my F-150, if I've got the, the coolest trim package, it adds to the value. If I got the standard model, not so much, you know, these are the kind of things that really can make a difference in, in your value. So, um, that's that's why I wanted to bring that up. It, it matters. It, it matters. Yes, 100%. Culture matters. <laughs> so, so what do we us, do? Yeah, tell us about Exit Your Way. What do you guys do? And then how would people get in touch with you? All right. We help, we help people. Three things that we do. Increase value, prepare for sale, and sell businesses. That's what we do. Um, size range is usually a couple million dollars up to 30 or 40 million dollars in revenue. We've had some clients bigger, we've had some clients smaller. But um, it's our our clients are usually with us for 
a couple years in, in the median, some longer, some a year, but uh, that's what we do. We're, we're really looking to work. We work with a few clients and we are helping them with things like growth by acquisition, extreme growth, you know, talking 150, 200% growth by, and just trying to keep the wheels on the bus with scalable systems and people and, and the specialized resources we can bring to bear to, to do that. Um, but that's what we do because we're helping them create that, generate their wealth with the business, uh, the wealth they want with their business to live, be able to do what they want to do. Well, I dropped in the chat for everybody who's here. You could see the uh, your LinkedIn and your Twitter personally. And then the company website is exityourway.us, exityourway.us. Mm -hmm. And there's an Exit Your Way page on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And then you also have a live stream podcast that you do. And I'm going to be a guest on your podcast yeah, tomorrow, August the 23rd. So tell us about the Faces of Business podcast. Faces of Business podcast is a time for me to share topics that I hope that other business executives, owners, um, and just business people in general want to listen to and learn and hear the stories from people, stories of good, bad challenges, and things that can hopefully help them increase their, their business acumen and the success. So we have a lot of fun with it. I, I didn't really know that I would enjoy it as much as I do, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot well, of fun. doing, doing podcasts are, are fun. And I'm looking forward to being, being on your show tomorrow at 5 PM central time. So that's yep. going to be going to be great. Um, so as we wrap up our conversation today and we talk about this forexing your business in under a year, I want to, I want to make sure that everybody heard us correctly. So these, the four points that you pointed out here, Accelerate yep. your sales, which will which will in turn grow your profit even without having to change anything. And then you get a number two, you get the bump of the valuation curve as a result of that. Number three, innovate to create defendable market positions so that your market position it becomes something nobody can duplicate because you're innovating. And then mm -hmm. four, operate with projections and then hit those projections. And if you do all four of those things, your valuation is going to go up. And we ran through that example. Everybody can go back and watch the replay of this, of that million dollar profitable company and how they got from a million dollars, which gave them a $5 million uh, multiple all the way to $20 million just by putting these things in place. And then the biggest stat of the day for me is that there's a 30 to 50% reduction in your valuation when the owner is involved in the business. And I, I'm, I'm, it's a shocking stat. I didn't know it was that big of a deal, but that's why I do what I do to teach people how to exit without exiting. So Damon, any, uh, any final words of advice before we sign off for the day? Yeah. Start thinking about your business as, as a wealth generating machine it is and learn what you need to do to build value in that and generate the wealth you want. I love it. I love it. Well, Damon, it has been a pleasure talking with you and I'm really looking forward to tomorrow being on your show. So uh, people, I posted in the chat, the Faces of Business live stream, you can go to exityourway.us and then there's in the menu, you can go to the Faces of Business and you can look mm -hmm. at it there. And then he's on Twitter at Faces of Business 
on Twitter as well. And then, you know what? I saw on this thing that you've got a free one-hour business legacy development session for business owners. Can we talk yeah. about that just a minute? Because I think that sounds like an interesting thing that people might want to do. Yeah, yeah, we do that. It's it's because we start talking, just like we've talked about here, we start at what is your number? What is your number? Because most people haven't thought about it. and And we work back into... So what does that mean your business needs to look like for you to do it, uh, to do whatever you want, if you could do it tomorrow? What's your number? And then what does your business need to look like? And we start talking about what that, uh, and then what kind of legacy do you want to leave? I mean, do you, are you going to succeed your business? Are you going to sell your business? Do you, do you care if it goes beyond you? Uh, because there's different ways that we can suggest different paths to take. So where would they get access to that? I posted the link in the chat, but that's a really long URL that I cannot repeat live on the show because nobody's going to write all that down. Is there an easy way to go find that link? Yeah, that, yeah. That just go to our Exit Your Way uh, Exit Your Way site there. And it's, I believe it's right on the homepage there. You can get it. All right, go I'll, to Exit I'll, get, I'll make sure it is if it's not. So, <laughs> so ExitYourWay.us, you can go to a free one-hour business legacy development session for business owners run by Exit Your Way and uh, Damon and his team over there. Damon, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it very much. I've got a few things I need to say to everybody before we get out. So uh, if you want to hang tight, you can, but I'm going to go ahead and do my outro stuff that we do every every time. I want to thank everybody for being here live on the, uh, the webinar today. And if you're not watching the replay of this, I also want to say thank you for taking the time to watch the replay. I want to promote the next EMS that's coming up on September the 1st, right, Megan, is that right? Are we, is it September 13th? See, I was, that's why she's here. So September the 13th, it's called, we're, we've got a guy named Garrett Sutton, who's the owner of Corporate Direct, and he's also uh, the lawyer in charge at Sutton Law Center. And we're going to do the topic, Veil, Not Fail, How to Protect Your Assets the Rich Dad Way. And if you're a fan of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad concept, all that whole Robert Kiyosaki series, he is the guy who works with Robert Kiyosaki and some of his other team players on how to set up veils of protection for your assets. And that's going to be on September the 13th. You can register at therealjasonduncan.com slash EMS. That's the realjasonduncan.com slash EMS. You can register as always. These are always free provided as part of my service as a business coach to everybody out there who wants to pay attention to this type of stuff. So you come to that one going to be on September 13th, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to know if you're ready to exit your business, maybe you've asked yourself as you've watched this or listened to this today, am I really ready? Is my business ready to exit? I want to offer you the free opportunity to work with me. I've got a very a, a easy assessment that I put together called the Am I Ready to Exit? It's an exit readiness survey. So if you go to amireadytoexit.com, you can take a free exit readiness assessment and get a free report on how close you are from being able to exit the daily operations of your business. And that is designed specifically to show you how quick you can get out of the way. So these things we've talked about today about accelerating sales, innovation, valuation curve, and operating with projections. Some of those things I talk about with my clients. And then once you're ready to actually do it, 
that's where Damon steps in and Damon can take to increase that value, get yourself out of the way and get your business sold. I'll I'll start you on that journey with this free exit readiness assessment. So go to amireadytoexit.com and one lucky person who registered or not registers, but who actually takes that assessment in the next 24 hours gets a free coaching session with me to review the report. So go to amireadytoexit.com and you can take that today. So thank you so much for being a part of this Entrepreneur Master Series today. I am the real Jason Duncan. He is Damon Pastalka, and we are very glad that you've been here today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at the real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.